Come on kids, now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. Hello. Hi, Meryl. Today we are including someone I really like. Oh, okay. A longtime friend of mine, a great comedian. Doesn't sound like you're reading this off a piece I'm of paper. I'm not right now, oh, but okay. now I'm going to... Okay, I'm staring at you. You're looking at me. And now I'm going to avert my glaze Okay. to his intro. Go. Okay, his name is Bob Hansen. Hi, Bob. He's an ex-pro wrestler trained by WWE Hall of Famer Offa the Wild Samoan. And Bob can be seen at many comedy clubs across the nation being overly polite to people in charge of things <laughs> as a comedian oh this is a quote about him as a comedian bob makes the audience question whether they are at a venue or at home and on drugs <laughs> and uh you will be happy to know that his special the best bob i can be which came out in 2017 on amazon prime grossed 180 dollars <laughs> that's his bio i love it so his name is bob hansen we love him he's a great comic and we've uh i've known of him for many years and i wanted to bring him here because i feel like he probably has some shit show moments and some funny things well, well thanks for bringing him okay let's get he's in there here right now he's here yep well let's go under your couch okay bob come out let's go oh far out yeah here i am thanks for coming hi bob oh, it was great hi. to get to know you we'll see you next time um, you guys are great. great thank you so much uh, i'm gonna plug stuff no i'm kidding good to see you crazy cats thanks for having me on the, the campfire here you wild animals we're doing a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay well you should do voices for cartoons all right well not now i mean I'm, we're doing this right we'll now. we'll do this but yeah. then you should do voices all right for, all right i got a clear there's something there um, I first fell in love with Bob when uh, you when I saw you were doing videos of working out and uh, doing like fitness and bench pressing and it was many many years ago and you would do like you know let's talk about our pecs and then also let's not forget that 9-11 was an inside job yeah. and like slipping well, these conspiracy we, we start, things yeah. and you were early on in the conspiracy game and I like your style because you make it a joke just like I do blah 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 but like Remember, you know, I mean, yeah, do you remember I remember those. No, I did those. Yeah. Do you remember that time uh, remember you were funny? That time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, back in the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, those were fun. It was a while back in 2015. Like, conspiracies meant something else anyway. So yes. it was a different world. And uh, I figured out oh, what the hell. So I'm doing fitness videos, but just sneaking in various things about, I don't know, moon landing, Bohemian Grove, all that stuff. <laughs> Well, I, I uh, just in the middle of, because it, it comes off like, oh, it's a regular fitness video, and wait, what did he just say? Oh, Hitler died in 1992 or in Argentina or whatever the hell, and you're in the middle of the press and like, wait a minute, but but go back to, you know, a lot of that. and uh, Was that a character of its own, or were you just doing that as you? I think it was just doing it as me. Yeah. Just, I didn't know if there was like a series of videos that were like, yeah, it know, should be lifting with Greg yeah. or something like that. No, I don't even know what it was called. Building muscle with Bob. Who knows? Yeah, so I had, I had a little, I had like, like a viral weekend in 2015 once, and and, uh, and now here I am, just just living off the glory. Are you really? No. No, and also <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Something you had mentioned off air, which makes me very upset, is that oh. you are looking for a job. Oh but yeah. I don't like you doing any other. It's job not me doing. Comedy. It's not put doing me any favors either. Um, 
Well, in case stand we have up recruiting managers too. Oh, I also right. Want to tell we them have a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. We have that. <laughs> we have so you really have the the hope <laughs> a bunch of people with Indeed profiles just searching through this bad boy. <laughs> we have a like lot you of want HR you want managers. Oh wait, can we curse on this thing? Yes. yes. Oh, because oh. they want they want a, they want a rock uh, they want a rock star employee. It's always in caps too. Yeah, oh my right. God. Rock star. We want a rock star no, employee. You no, you don't. Well, then yeah. I want uh, only yeah. brown M and M's. Yeah. I want you to like. Yeah. I want drugs and alcohol what? readily available, and I want people sucking my dick in the bus in the back. In, in the back what, of the building. What rock star do you think you're getting for 14 bucks an hour? Do you think, <laughs> like, you're getting a basis from Cinderella at the county fair, you dumb motherfucker? What are you doing? Uh, what, what rock star do you think we're getting? Do you want a rock star employee? No, he's going to show up hammered and there's like vodka all over his leather pants and one of his balls is hanging out and he's going to greet the patients at the medical facility. Yeah, so, no, you don't want a rock star employee. What's the matter with you? Is that the field you're looking into? Rock star, yeah. No medical <laughs> facility? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just because uh, I just did it in New York. Uh, for some reason i was in new york for for 88 years a uh, oh long God. long time uh a lot of people died <laughs> a lot of dead people in general or just just general yeah the whole time and well, what, they, they really did yeah. yeah yeah uh what um what what took you to new york and then what brought you back? I drove, and I um, great. Uh, yeah, I drove. Great. I had to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was in. Uh, God, what the hell was I doing? I don't know. I was. I was a door guy at the comedy store in La Jolla over here, and in San Diego. It's the part of the world we are in. If you are in a different part of the world, it's the La Jolla Comedy Store, nine one six Pearl Street, eight five eight four five four nine one seven six. Reservations. Do not park at the supermarket. Where should you park though? Uh, on the street. street There's plenty okay. of street parking. There's ample street parking. Yes. Okay. Uh, ample. Ample. I love the word ample. So do I. I always think of bosoms. I know. I, ample, yeah. I, I think ample it's funny bosoms. when when people when people use it in other ways. It's like you know that everyone's just thinking about bosoms. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, ample parking. <laughs> Ooh, that delicious. Like, yeah. <laughs> I get aroused. Yeah. I don't even leave the car sometimes. I'm like, oh, where the hell? Bob's up to be here three hours ago. What the hell is he doing? <laughs> He's out there feeling ample parking. <laughs> He's out there enjoying his bargain. I was a door guy there, and uh, the whole thing was, oh, you're a San Diego comedian. You should go to L.A. because L.A. is a few hours north of here. And then the other thing was, well, if you go to New York, L.A. has a reverence of New York or blah, blah, blah. And I'll be the I know I'll, I'm a smart ass. I'll be the one guy who goes to New York, and that'll be a great idea. And it really was for like five or six of the eight years. But then towards the end, you just figure, okay, you're not learning anything new. And I just saw the writing on the wall and figured, uh, you know what? We're all going to die. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> Let's come back to New York City. Uh, wow. So then what, what like, oh, so how, how long were you in San Diego doing comedy for? Six years. Okay. Six in New York. Uh, no, six in San Diego, eight of New York. And I guess another one here, sort of. We're just opening up. Yeah. And do you feel like you reached, like, when you left for New York by that time? Because I know, you know, you, you're very good friends with our mutual friend, Jesse Egan. Oh, yeah, sure. Share a best friend, basically. And, Absolutely. And did you feel like you had pretty much kind of, like, reached the ceiling of San Diego? And then it was... Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't know how many stand-up comedians really uh, know or care about this, but... Or, or, or your podcast. Fuck you, Both. No. Fuck you. But who... Um, or how many stand-ups you have listening to this. But but here's the thing. You always hear about Big Fish, Small Pond, and I think this will apply to other performance okay. arts. We don't want to be the Big Fish, Small Pond. I heard this for years. The last thing you want to do is be the Big Fish, Small Pond. It's the last thing. You can get too big for your britches, and then you never really grow. And, you, mm-hmm. and that's all true, or it was true, I think, at the time. It was definitely true. But then you got to a point where... Everything became so niche or niche. I don't know the proper non-douchey way to say that oh, word. Oh, yeah. Uh, the I, niche. I, oh, is it? Okay. The niche it is. Um, but everything got so specific and everything else 
where becoming a, a good comic for every audience meant, didn't really mean as much. I mm-hmm. mean, it's still a, an amazing, amazing skill and so difficult, but also doesn't seem to mean anything anymore. So finally, I'm in the middle of the pandemic, and my pandemic buddy, uh, who's also a comedian, Corey, says to me, so uh, so now that you're probably on your way out of New York, what do you what have you changed your mind on, or, or what what have you learned? What advice can you what can you tell me? Because he had just gotten there, and we started a pandemic, and I said that whole big fish small pond thing, that's actually brilliant. You should totally be a big fish in a small pond. You guys are idiots. What's the matter with you? Go to big fish small pond, do that, uh, you get some cash, and be happier, and you'll find your little uh, niche there. And uh, remember the Alamo. But what's your what's your ultimate? <laughs> was the Alamo just was that an inside job too? No, I don't. I yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> I feel like there's something. Okay, okay. It. I, yeah, okay. I, I do want to have. I a didn't know how to end it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. totally get what yeah. the Alamo or. But I don't trust yeah. how history tells us anything. So there's probably something different no. that would happen at that. I know. I know the rich kids stole that that guy in in the suit's bike, and there was a big adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's this Pee Wee. Oh my god! See, I wouldn't uh, know that. Yeah. Arguably the greatest film ever made. Uh, that, the key word in that is arguably so um, arguable. <laughs> um, okay, so I have I have questions for you because yeah. what is the ultimate goal or what was the ultimate goal for you as a comic? Like going to New York, even in San Diego, because you're saying like it's better to be the big fish in a small pond. So what was your goal going out there? You thought that you wanted to become a professional stand-up comic right yeah yeah i thought i was gonna do the uh get those those little tv credits even though i i was too dumb to figure out those stopped meeting stuff a long time ago like who who's what was the last time you, you watched like stephen colbert or fallon and then watched the comedian at the end and went this is a whole big deal yeah, like, nobody never. even watches those shows period let alone who's ever at the end it's just a, it's a clout thing it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious so basically you have to do I uh, I almost said Conan, but as of a few a week ago, yeah. there's no more co- whatever. But yo, yeah, you have to do Conan to uh, to do, you have to do Conan so you can come back and do the coolest bar shows. Like mm-hmm. how ass backwards is this? It, yeah. It's kind of preposterous. But yeah, I thought okay, you know, I, I've I have this this Bob thing going on. This will this will connect with some audience on some level, and the audiences were fine. It's just a matter of getting on to the. Uh, the big stage and uh, knowing the right people and schmoozing, networking, rubbing right. elbows, greasing palms. Well, like anything, it's all Dixie. about who you know, right? Yeah. There, there's a, a lot of that, you know. You know, what do you say? What do you know? How's tricks? How's the kids? Some weather we're having? All that kind of good stuff. Yeah. It never really... Uh, and you seem like I you wasn't, hate that. I do hate it. I could do it for a bit, but the, you get to a point where, like, okay, if you're working, if you're living in New York and you're doing nine to five subways, mass transit, this, 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 and the other side is um, they're not getting up till ten thirty eleven, so they can walk dogs for three hours, mm-hmm. and some and they have a starving art a starving artist persona while someone's their parents are paying their rent. Right, um, <laughs> Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean they can hang out on Wednesday till one thirty in the morning and two in the morning and kiss the right. booker's ass and all that stuff. And that sounds like sour grapes on on my behalf, and that's what they're gonna say, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> I have my opinions on it. I mean, I was a good sport. I hung yeah. in. I hung in. I was a good sport until I wasn't. And then once I feel like I realized, oh, I'm a guy who uh, I'm that guy I said I was never going to become. Mm. So now I should get out of here. What, what the, like sour grapes guy or? Yeah, I was become I was becoming a little bit of sour, probably a, yeah, a bunch of sour grapes guy. And also that guy at the open mic sometimes where people were like, why are you at this open mic? Like, what are you doing here? Really? You yeah. Like all a the college time. senior that is now yeah. going, or a college person that's going back to like the high school. Right, right. Football games or something? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. the, 
and not even too too yeah a little bit not even too old but more like you just there's 30 of us idiots here only one of us had a good set or woke up why are you why were you why are you even here why aren't why aren't you on a show right now instead of at this open mic mm. like yeah i tried i asked i hung out i was not i don't know i'm just not i'm out of this loop somehow mm-hmm. even uh i'm liked i i think it was the same as high school i was always the the coolest of the dorks <laughs> yeah. like i was like the dorks thought i was the coolest guy because yeah. the cool kids liked me but you're still on the outer circle of you're like the mascot to the cool kids but the king of the goofballs mm. so you have this weird kind of you're in the middle of that of those circular diagrams where the two parts intersect <laughs> i don't know yeah. what they're called but you're the like venn yes yeah. yes the, the venn diagrams things like i like bob's in the middle of that mm. And I think that that happened with the we- the woke versus edgy wars too. Oh my god! Yeah. You had the two extreme sides. It's it's like we mm-hmm. uh, either we want every excuse to say every racial slur in the world and call it a joke, or we just want to scream, "I hate white guys!" for ten minutes. Like, does anyone have a common sense middle? Remember the job we promised we were going to do <laughs> with telling the jokes for the people? Yeah. And I, yeah, I just kind of was somewhere in the middle of that. Like, uh, my stuff's very self-effacing anyway. It's not really attacking any political issues. Well, this got weird fast. No, I no. this is what I out. wanted. And thank you because oh, gee, was, I, tried. I had some trepidation that I love when you do when the bits and I love all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I really yeah. hope our audience gets to know. And even me, too, because I feel like we've, or we've only hung out as like. You know, in funny, silly, yeah, no, ways. we've I'm been happy to hear you as like a human. We've been doing some Zoom thingies and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, but this is like, yeah, like in person, it's just a whole different, it's a whole different animal. You know, um, it, I don't think it's it's similar in ways, but like being an artist, um, you are kind of out there alone, like a comic, right? Yeah, you have your own style. People either like that or don't like that, but ultimately, you're constantly having to sell yourself. And by selling yourself, you're getting up on stage to say, here's what I have. Here's who I am. Do you like it? And if you do, awesome. That's going to take me to the next level, right? And when I'm doing artwork, it's the same way. It's like, here's my quote unquote style. I'm showing it to you. And they go, eh, not really for me. And it's like, sometimes it's hard because I have like, especially my my business partner, um, who is an amazing artist in his own right. uh, His work is so different than mine. And we're in the same place together. People look at that and go like, Oh, that's beautiful because it's it, it it hits them in a way that is not not this is not a derogatory term, but like it is it is uh, accessible in a way that is beautiful, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you paint uh, Albert Einstein, right? People connect to that because they're like, mm. oh my god, I want to be smart. Right. I like Albert Einstein. The idea of Albert Einstein is so interesting. Yeah. I love this. And then I draw a cartoon <laughs> sheep or something like that. And they're like. Uh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my kid draws cartoons, you know, it's sort of something like that. And it's like, even though they may have both taken years and years to mm-hmm. do, it's like, I kind of look at comedy in the same way, right? You've got, you've got, you have decided that this is who you are. This is your voice. This is your style. And then people can look at it and in a, a snap second, just be like, okay, well, that's not really for me. And yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess my, what I'm trying to get at is like, is it weird to be sitting in that room and going like, okay, maybe this room just isn't my room. Like, right. Like, no. like it isn't that your comedy is not great. It's just like you have your style and some people are like, I like Albert Einstein. You Almost know? all the time I go up to a room and go, this is not my room. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all the time. Like I'll go, 
uh, last Saturday I was at that La Jolla Comedy Store, which is a very uh, rich and, and mm-hmm. attractive neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I was in another area of San Diego called Pacific Beach, which is a very young and attractive uh, neighborhood. And I'm just looking at these young, hip kids. I'm I'm 41 years old. They are not. They are They are well under 30. And I know whatever music they listen to, I don't know what it is. I know whatever whatever movies they watch, I haven't seen them. Whatever celebrities they know, I don't know who they are. <laughs> and I just always have that trepidation, like I am in the wrong place. Mm. Um, so the the trick is like, oh, what 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 part of me? So I'm not totally being pandering and fake. What part of me will you relate to? What sure. part of what part? Not all of me, because we're not going to relate all, all together. And also, if I'm up here for 12, 15 minutes. I always say to younger comedians, like, hey, you ever been cornered at a party for like 10 minutes and someone you just met wants to tell you their whole life story and you're stuck in that party in that corner? Like, don't do that to the audience. If you, if, you, if you know you're doing 10 minutes for an audience, do they really need to know everything about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to know enough to, to, yeah. to, to yeah. accomplish what you're doing. Yeah. They so that's why I just give them enough of Bob to like make let them figure out. In the world of comedy, do you think people have a hard time evolving? Like, you know, again, not just to relate this to art, but like every seems like every 5 or so years I have to evolve as an artist. Yeah. And sort of change it up. It, uh, do you see that a lot in comedy or are, especially coming from New York or is there a lot of people that are still holding on to that same thing they were doing 10, 15 years ago? I uh, see that all the time everywhere. Mm. Because um, I think, especially with comedy, because you're the problem is if you're 40 and doing the same jokes you wrote when you were 26, no way in hell are you the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the audience knows this. Yeah. They know it before you know it because in your head, I'm like, I'm doing the stuff that always works. This mm-hmm. always, always works. Here's the problem you're doing a, a joke or a story about whatever, getting drunk and trying to hook up and screwing up, and maybe you throw sure. up everywhere or something, you yeah. think it's hilarious, whatever. Yeah, it might have been hilarious when you were 25, but now when you're telling it as a 40-year-old guy, you're telling a, a stupid 15-year-old story. But besides that, the audience knows that's not you anymore. It's a different... Yeah. You might have been like 29 and kind of like a, a cute type of awkward, but then you're 45, like, yeah. and you look how, look how cute and awkward I am. And you're like, that's actually kind of odd now. It's it's different and because you get in your own head, but this always works. But but that's not always. I'm it worked for a reason at I'm the time. I'm definitely going through that right now. It's weird to explain because it sounds like, like I'm 45. You said you're 40. 41. 41. Yeah. And it's like there's this weird shift where you go like, have I already lived the best part of my life? Oh my god. Or am I like yeah. out of touch, thinking that I never would be? Like, mm-hmm. like I tried to look at something on, like to post something on YouTube for somebody. And I was like, I don't even know how to work this anymore. Yeah. It used to yeah. be so easy. Yeah. It used to be so easy. And now I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh God. Or someone's like using Instagram and they're like, oh yeah, you just going to do this, this, this. And I'm like, this seems impossibly difficult. Yeah. I remember when it was just a, you know, 10 filters at the bottom that you would scroll through, pick one. And then it was like, there's your photo, you know? Yeah. And now it's like a whole business. Your people are running business on Instagram. I'm like, did I age out a little bit? Like I know. Do you feel that way? Um, I'm definitely in stunted arrested development oh, for sure. I'm 38, okay. but I still feel like I live very young. But I think that's also my, the decision to not. Wait, you you don't have kids? Not even close. No. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> not even, what if you're like kind of close? But not I even like close, that. Yeah. I my, like that. My not decision even, to yeah. for now at least until at like age 58, I freak out and decide to have children. Like I think that keeps me young because I like young things. But I also yeah. don't like really like drinking or 
the typical young things that we think about. I th- mm. I don't I never really like that. Huh. But I think I'm young in the way that I can still have fun and okay. podcast with my friends. Yeah, oh my totally. God. Okay, wait. I really want to know too about besides the comedy aspect. What was your life like in New York? Like, what what the backdrop of uh. the city and like were you really doing the subway thing all the time? Or were there rats and good Chinese food? <laughs> yeah, like you know ha- no. because that's so exciting. I think there's a part of I've never lived in New York, and I think now it, it would be. I'd be interested in that, but I'd have to be a trust fund baby and like going to the cool restaurants yeah. and eating bagels. Uh, moving there is is very hard and expensive because uh, landlords want want to see that improve of employment, but um, pr- if you w- want to apply to a job there, you need proof that you live there. So you see the conundrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, uh, so basically, I just have to have a friend that will let you stay with them in in a, in a really crowded, small, cramped place, probably. So a really, really good friend that will just let you kind of crash there and use their address until you get situated, which can take a long time. Uh, yeah, the New York life itself, I mean, I was in Astoria, Queens. So Queen, that, that's the part of Queens closest to Manhattan, uh, which is good for traveling in and out of Manhattan. That's the, that's the New York everyone knows. People in movies, they always see Manhattan, especially Times Square, which no one who lives in New York yeah, City goes yeah. to Times Square. Yeah. That's the silly, they always do that. Um, I, I always say like you, you know you're sick of New York when you watch like two thirds of a Marvel movie yeah. and then like oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good because I got what I needed because they just broke Times Square and then that was it <laughs> that's it like I don't know someone the, flew through and like right like no I, I see your I see your point Dr. Octopus I was I was trying to get to Port Authority myself I don't understand I don't know why the stupid sp- spider kid is getting away uh, but, but yeah so you just uh, yeah I did the you know nine to five on the subways but really that that is uh, one aspect of it. Everyone who told me, who gave me the speech, it's just magical. New York is magical. We're having a party on a roof. It's so magical and blah, blah, blah. All those people did not, they had jobs. They did not have nine to five jobs. So they did not deal with uh, the grind yeah. of you're late. There's nothing you can do because you're stuck in a metal tube. Mm. Yeah. And most bosses actually do understand that, but, but a lot don't. So you... And all that that kind of that disaster, um, all the the crazy people on the subway, and or two regular commuters just suddenly get into a fist fight because that was the day they both snapped. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm specifically I'm thinking of two women who got separated by a guy who was clearly a, like a uh, like a sixty something a veteran of of oh some kind. He had I just you just know that look on his face, and it was just two women slapping the shit of each other because people are bumping into each other and it's sure. ever it's not anyone's fault it's just right. you're, it's just chaos and then people get mad uh, but yeah so basically there's a lot of eyes forward head down headphones in and just keep walking and only walk don't walk faster not too much faster but just a little faster uh, there's a lot of that it's a fun place to visit and i think living there actually is a really good experience mm-hmm. i i shit on it a lot but I, you have to have money to have any kind of real fun, I think, though, or be willing yeah. to spend some. And you get to a point where, especially if you're doing comedy there, you're just kind of, well, this is what I do. Like, and you feel they, there's a there's a certain there's a hustle mentality, there's a hustle culture where if you take one day off from not running around to these mics and bar shows, then you're like, oh, you're just slacking, or whatever. Yeah, I would say the same thing every year. I'd come back to visit. I would say the same thing to the San Diego guys who'd ask me. I'd say you'd have to you have to work your ass off in New York to be a lazy comedian. Mm. Mm. You, you really did. Um, I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, well, yeah okay. that's so good. That's so funny because, yeah, it, I, I'm definitely like, not that I forget about the vibe, but I'm, I'm wrong in the way that I feel like 
to me like the LA comedy scene like matters more or something but that's such a stupid yeah. West Coast thing to well, feel well no, like, I mean you're here it's like yeah, New yeah, York yeah. feels the same way it's all very exactly. silly exactly it is funny that I like forget that there's a huge comedy scene in New York almost which is very it's, stupid and that's like the yeah, main it's the scene it, but, <laughs> well and yeah, the, yeah, I hate exactly. to say that's very New York centric I hate sounding like that actually because that's but I mean there are there's negatives to that. I mean, there's people doing open mics in, in Brooklyn who think they're better than a headliner in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Why? Just because they're in New York. And right. the, the reality is you're not better than that guy in Cincinnati who's been doing it for 22 years. Man, he might be repetitive and have his thing, but he knows what works in certain yeah. audiences. Uh, it's very silly because I would do festivals and I did a few in Tennessee. I did one in Indianapolis, some, some North Carolina. And I'd see all the same New York comedians come down with you to the these festivals, and they would always say the same thing. Uh, I want to do the road. I can't wait to get on the road. We just want to get on the road. I want to do the road. <laughs> then they go to North Carolina and are like, oh, these stupid hillbillies. Right. And then they do a bunch of subway jokes for these, you know, Nor- Wilmington, North Carolina people. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, yeah. my god! I thought you wanted to get on the road. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what the road is? It's these people. Yeah. These, these people. The, the road, road is not where you are. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> they just want, they want to tell people in New York they're on the road is what they really want. They want to post on Facebook that they are on the road is what they really mean. <laughs> uh, have you seen the show Crashing? Have you watched no, it? No, I haven't had a TV in years. It, I know what it is though. Yeah. yeah it um, seems like, it, it, to me, it seems like a, it would be a show that comedians wouldn't watch just because yeah. it is just about comedy. And, is this the Pete Holmes one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. But I was, yeah, I yeah. was actually going to ask if you felt like it was authentic, but it doesn't matter. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I, it does focus on that exact scene that you're speaking of right now, that yeah. kind of coming into comedy in New York, having to do that grind. And from the standpoint of a, uh, of a character that is really not that good in the beginning you know no totally uh, i guess he does a lot of barking or something mm-hmm. on the side uh, yeah really for yeah. those who don't know yeah you just stand outside and hand out you just yell at people and try to bark them in or, or tell them there's a free comedy show or whatever and hand flyers and there's a few clubs near the Times square area where they'll do that and and i did that for an one and a half nights and i i include the half in november of 2012 for this goofy Times square club and uh, they had professional barkers who just did that, and just, but they were just the scummiest guy. They were just lying. To, they were to find the tourists. You can't because you can't get anyone who lives in New York to go to this. They know right, better. Right. Find the tourists. Find the people visiting from Wisconsin, and they're like, "Hey, we got Chris Rock and half the cast of SNL in there." And then they go in. They have to buy two like eleven dollar Bud Lights, and then they they stand. They stare, and then it's a bunch of people who are literally going on stage for the first or second oh time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. They yeah. trick them. Oh yeah, that's if you're in, I'll just say I don't care. If you're in New York City and you're listening to this, and someone hands you a thing and says free comedy show or whatever, or cheap tickets, and you're near the Times Square area, and um, <laughs> some of the West Village ones are good, so I'm not saying that for West Village, but uh, but if you're near Times Square and someone says, hey, all these famous comedians, and it sounds way too good to be true, don't go in today or keep walking. Don't take that flyer. Don't give those people your money. This is me, Bob Hansen, telling you that. Okay, <laughs> this is your PSA. I'm making it very clear. The two ladies that the are just fire, on the subway are listening to you right yes, now. Yes, the campfire like, has nothing to do with this mess. This is me, Bob Hansen, telling you. We back it though. Okay, good. <laughs> and you had it. I wanted to bring up. You have a very funny documentary slash film that you uh, made. Are you? Are you? Do you still want to talk about it, or have I you guess. forgotten about it in your whole life? 
It's yeah. about life in New York. What is it called? I don't belong. Here? I don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, I watched it, and there was a, a moment that I told I told Bo that made me really laugh. Where, um, it's you know I'll let you explain it, but the moment was there's a comic up on stage at this very kind of dark basement open mic, and as she's talking, the poster fa- falls behind her, and then her oh, mic goes shit. out. Yeah. and I just that made me laugh so hard because I'm like that is the tragedy I think of of what I yeah. picture New York open mics like, where it's Holy like it's Jesus. not as cool. No, it's not like an empire. You know, you just picture like this one New York being one thing. And then I pictured like, you know, your, I think your documentary did a good job of capturing oh, the other. thanks. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago. I haven't thought about you that. You uploaded on YouTube. That just shows how young you were. Uh, yeah, time, I know. You know right. I was, you know I was how to do that? Early, to, early 2014, I probably uploaded that thing. Yeah, it was just about the experience of like, hey, what's it like to, to be a big fish, small pond to now open mic in big cities? What I was trying to do. I mean, I'm sure it's it's dated. I'm, I'm sure most of the people I talk to in that I probably don't even talk to anymore. I doubt uh, a lot of those, some of those clubs, actually probably all of them aren't even in business anymore. Yeah. Ever, and, a, and a lot of people who I interview on it are just, they're just dead. They're all dead. <laughs> Every, like a lot of people died in New York. Too, so many dead people. Just dead people everywhere. Just, just. Hey, the good audience members. Yeah, <laughs> I've had yeah, totally. I've had crowds like that. Before. I'm killing them up yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had crowds that like were less good than dead people. Oh. Now you need a new one called like I'm not sure if I belong here yeah. like in San Diego or something. Well, I think that's finally the nice thing about being back in San Diego. It's kind of like not many things change here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I shouldn't, in theory, I shouldn't know half the comedy scene here, but I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of them remember me or they were starting out as I was leaving and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, so at least it's a, it's an opening instead of just weird guy moves to city. It's no, I was here. Remember me? Uh, so it's not really that hard. And, and, um, and I have Jesse to associate with, which mm-hmm. is, which is a big plus, but by, by proxy, like he must be a good guy, uh, Jesse. So uh, like, I, I kind of just piggyback off, off, off all his goodwill. I like that too. Yeah. Jesse just told me that he's like, I've been recommending you for like 15 minutes. I'm like, I have like four minutes of like, okay, like I'm not ready for 15 minutes. Up. But Jesse's like, it's fine. It's funny. Who cares? Like yeah, I, yeah. I like, that's, that's definitely the, the probably the anti vibe that I, you were saying how New York is where like you wouldn't have a friend that's just like, cool, sure. like do 15 minutes. That's fine. Well, here's a weird thing. If you're thinking of moving to New York and LA is probably the same way. I was very frustrated in the first three or four months. I thought, hey, I, I seem to be getting along. I'm, you know, no one really seems to want me on their bar show. And uh, I think I'm doing well with the mics. And I asked one guy I trusted. I'm like, hey, man, what, uh, what do you think the issue is? He says, absolutely nothing. Uh, the problem is you've been here three or four months, right? I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, wait like eight or nine. Because here's the thing. You're going to find out over the next few years, every new person you meet, uh, they're 50-50. They're gone in three months. They're gonna mm. they're gonna move back. They're gonna quit. Really? So just wait. And and then I then I never thought about it again till like a couple of years later. And I caught myself doing that to someone like, like oh, I just kind of like that guy's kind of funny. I'm not gonna learn his name yet because you, you know I'm not trying to be a dick, but you just know too many people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm like I can't be his friend yet. I like him, but <laughs> but not yet. And then I then I then I thought back to that. I'm like oh, I just did the same thing because in my head I know fifty fifty. I'm never gonna see this guy again. Yeah. So then six months or eight months goes by and you go, oh, okay, you're, you're around. Okay, cool. Come on. Let's hang out. Wow. Mm. So it was more like that. And uh, they were totally right. So uh, that's one of the things I, I, I concede to New York. I'm like, no, you were correct up top. Yeah, everyone who moves there, a lot of people just, what it's like right now, I have no idea. Who's moving there or whatever the case may be. It's, it's going to be the dead. same. Oh, he's, he's long yeah, dead. He's yeah, dead. yeah, he's <laughs> long dead. He's <laughs> long dead. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't make it. So what's it like back in San Diego now? I mean, you're here after that whole experience of New York. What I mean, obviously, we just went through a year where there were no shows. Yeah. So you're getting back into shows. How's that feel from New York to San Diego? Well, it doesn't. I've actually been back here seven months, I guess, but it really only feels like I've been back for two weeks. Mm. And what I mean by that is because the shows just opened up, I got back here, but we were all still kind of in hibernation. So I worked some goofy temp jobs, or I was working like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. at this stupid place, and uh, oh my gosh. the microchip testing engineer. No kind of way, thing. really? Yeah, and I was running around testing microchips, and I hurt my foot, and it was a whole long thing. That's good for your conspiracy thing. You no, can- totally. Well, what, how, what, yeah. what, are they, what are they asking you? How are they asking you to test these microchips? You, hurt your you have to kick them. You have, you to, have kick to kick them? You got to kick them. I was like, what? They're just kicking. They, they need to know how, how far microchips can be kicked across the, the, the warehouse. Uh, so I did that, and then lo and behold, I hurt my foot. Oh my god! Uh, do you do you consume a lot of caffeine when you have to stay up from seven p.m. to seven a.m.? Because you seem yeah. like your energy is just through the roof. Why we're asking? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, we're we're talking in the morning, and it's uh, it's a little it's a little rough on me to uh, to get animated, and and hopefully I'm not a. Uh, Putting you crazy cats to sleep. No, no, no I'm just fucking sweet. with you. I am come, but but I'm 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 a high energy comedian. You wouldn't know it now, but yeah, I'm always bouncing around and I pound my chest like a gorilla and I <laughs> I, I do a lot of karate kicks for no reason and all that. I, I like the idea I'm of someone around. like coming up to see your comedy and like. I like that one guy. Oh, which one was that? The, the guy with the the, the gorilla pounding <laughs> yeah. on his chest. Yeah, that well, guy. that's the thing though, because you're on. A, let's say you're on a show with you know too many too many comedians you're the guy who did that so i'll see guys on the um coming out of the thing they'll be like they'll they'll see a bunch of comedians hey good job good, good job good job good job oh good job bob they remember oh. that because i said my name a million times and and the guys will do and i know i realize this is an audio medium but i'm like hitting my chest like they'll be like it. it's real chest yeah they, that's yeah they, they'll, they'll do that and they'll do that in their chairs i'm doing away hey remember hey bob they'll do that on a way out and i'm like see and i guess when the other comics tease me about it i always elbow the other guy and go that's why i do that that guy remembers now. now Wait, is it true? Jesse told me. Did you pretend like there was a a show? A, was there a show that you pretended like you ran in New York called Running Gag? Yeah. Will you tell Bo this because this is Wait, very sure. funny? What? what? Jesse's like, you have to ask him about this. My what I think is that you pretended like there was a show and tagged other comedians, and Bob would have people like, "Please, yeah. can I get on this show? Like, I'll do anything to get on the Running Gag." And it was gag. a fake show. Yes. Okay. So here's what happened. <laughs> You're busted. No, no, I'm not busted. I'm going to totally... I was. I mean, it was a very badly kept secret. It, for the four years it existed, three and a half of those years, it was a terribly kept secret anyway. So <laughs> there's, there's uh, not much to bust here. It was one of those situations where so many comedians were getting carried away. And this, I want to say this is 2016-ish, so like we were still pretty Facebook-heavy. Mm-hmm. Like not, they were, nothing, wasn't all, everything hadn't moved over to Twitter yet. And everyone was getting so carried away with their... They're po- hey, on Monday, this club, Tuesday, this club, Wednesday, these oh two, and then Thursday, they'll put in one self-effacing joke so it looks like they're being humble. Yeah. <laughs> and then all their, all their shows, other shows. So everyone was just kind of, I thought, one-upping each other. It was getting so stupid that I put, hey, I'm at this real place Wednesday, this real place Tuesday, and Thursday, I just made one up. And I want to just see what happens because I was just, just between me and two other friends to be like, I don't know. Because everyone's so obsessed with staring at this all day. Let me just see what happens. And, of course, it gets a lot of... Because people are liking it because they think you're busy. And I better get on that. So-and-so's good side if they're busy, if they're being booked a lot. And the show, of course, was called Running Gag for <laughs> for obvious reasons because I'm going to keep doing this. 
and it's going to be called Running Gag to be a complete ass. And it was originally at the You Brew You Ale House. Oh my god! Uh, you brew you, man. You just you <laughs> you you brew you. And we would have, and of course, I I can't leave well enough alone. So I have to have live music after my show. <laughs> and I don't because there's no show, there's yeah, no place. Right. Uh, but yeah, there was all these stupid bands, uh, Groin Cloth, Red Mobster, The Mountain Dones, AF as fuck, they were good, <laughs> Bounce Master Flex and a Fabulous 19, uh, the singer-songwriter Jocelyn Meibles. So was, you would write that these very people are here tonight? Like you'd promote Joc- a night at well, the yeah. Hebrew You Room? Yeah, uh, thanks for, yeah, Jocelyn Meibles. Did you just say Jocelyn Meibles? Jo- very, Jocelyn very Meibles. hands-on? Yeah, no, she would... <laughs> No, you said she's that so quick. And yeah, just like, eh. I, I do that. Well, no, she was good. She touched a lot of people. We, oh, we had a lot of. Geez. All right. God. God. So, did, yes. so you would just post like, and people right. would message you oh, saying, Could well, please get on oh, the show." Wait a minute. There's I just more. realized. Yeah. you like to cringe. You like you like it. You like that we're like, ah, yeah, like ooh, that that was a little gas in the tank. I I got a little happy. I saw a little little excited. Cutie. I got so excited. I got so excited. I'm gonna get him. I'll teach him. But on Thursday, I would post. It's happening tonight. And Wednesday, you and no, I mean Friday, the day after, you have to do another post thanking everyone Mm. about how much we crushed and we killed and we murdered and all these stupid things that didn't happen because. The joke there was everyone's having these shows with, with three people they ambushed in a bar and five, six comics totally bombing and then thanking each other and talking about how they crushed. Oh. And so it was making fun of that. And really, I mean, yes, in hindsight, could I have been more productive in spending my time than just kind of bitterly making fun of what everyone else is doing? I could have, <laughs> but they also deserve to be made fun of. So it's kind of like I felt like it was a dirty job someone had to do. Uh, what happens is, of course, you get uh, and everyone, every comedian I tagged, by the way, knew they were being tagged. I didn't just start tagging mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were two friends I tagged every week because we had an agreement. But other than that, I would just message them, or they'd message me jokingly, like, "Hey, man, can I get on the gag tonight?" I'm like, "I got you, buddy," uh-huh. and uh, and I put them on the gag because the you got to call it the gag too. The cool kids always give the name of the thing a sub name. Oh uh, yeah. And of course, you brew you got out. It went out of business. Um, because one of the wasn't even a comic one of the musicians from AF as fuck he made a joke about the Y2K victims so we had to go to the sippy cup and then management changed that became the crazy straw and then COVID so we had to pretend to do the show via Zoom oh my god but here's the but we never did the show via Zoom I could have actually done the show didn't yeah. no you didn't you didn't need a no we did it on uh we didn't want to do it on zoom we did it on scram it was an, another app i can't yeah we did it on scram <laughs> and then after two months i got sick of it and i just said I'm, this is too much work i'm not gonna stop it. did you post but, that it was like going out of business for covid or something no uh, i, I just said so i just said <laughs> well the problem was i had well not a problem but i had to pretend the last one i pretended to do live was like the thursday like before the covid weekend mm. and people were 50 50 and they're like why are you doing shows i'm like um <laughs> well <laughs> if it makes you feel any better <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's actually a whole dumber problem <laughs> <laughs> but then i couldn't pretend to do it live anymore because i just thought that was irresponsible yeah so, so i started doing it on scram it's funny if you just started doing oh it on the god. west coast and then people yeah. on the east coast are like gosh that show is just it's still going yeah. the social experiment the real point of this i mean there's the funny comedian making fun of comedy part of it but the social experiment is how quick people are to uh, make their judgments and or or to see who your fake friends are quickly mm-hmm. like all of a sudden these people really like you because they think you have a thing going uh, and to see who's like 
undercover cool too because you can you have people who are undercover dickheads because people you half know suddenly ask you for stage time and you see the way they ask you and uh how expecting they are that you're just going to give them some because they're whoever they think they are and there are other people you see how cool they are like they'll random person move i just moved here from baltimore and i found your show on a list of free shows oh by the way yes someone didn't do their research and put me on a list of free new york shows so that helped oh my god and uh so yeah i would get messages hey, i just moved here from dc philly baltimore boston whatever and hey you know and i and i'd always be quiet cool. i always come clean i'd say hey i'm sorry this is the thing it's just a joke somehow i got on a list uh i can still pretend to put you on it i just but uh forgive me but there's no show it's just a stupid thing i do and everyone from out of town was cool as fuck yeah a couple of New York people had an issue with it, but uh, but but everyone from out of town who just moved here from Iowa, they were like, "That's hilarious, cool, yeah, yeah, please." And then I'd meet them later. I'm like, "Hey, I remember you from Running Gag," and they're like, "Ah, all right." <laughs> and then you then you have new friends. That's so yeah, funny. That, it's I a stupid love that. over nothing because the nothing was becoming more important. Why is the real bar show that I'm dead? I post as a courtesy. Okay, that's going to get seven likes. Why is Running Gag getting forty something? <laughs> because everyone's they're having fun with it. And they're mm. moving. They're moving along, but we would have we would have fake auditions uh, instead of the the JFL uh, Montreal uh, big comedy fest. February is always the auditions for the thing in July. We would have the JFK auditions. Oh, oh my god. god! Just for knee slappers. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was, and we had, that was always in Lincoln, Nebraska. So if you, you can. Oh my gosh! So you'd go to Lincoln for JFK in July if you got if you got picked. So we would do the auditions, and everyone would want to do them. Oh god I, this I, this, elaborate I like this better than yeah. actual comedy yeah. like, it's so much better than comedy <laughs> yeah yeah and here was part of the gag no one ever got accepted for jfk <laughs> however we all got accepted for the three mile island comedy festival uh, i think four septembers in a row we would apply in september and we didn't i would just say people auditioned uh and three mile island if you don't know is a radioactive island in pennsylvania oh uh, were you really, i don't think you can really go i, I think it's toxic and poisonous <laughs> But everyone would audition for this festival. We gotta do Three Mile Island. We gotta do TMI. We gotta do TMI because you gotta give it a cool name. Yeah. And then, and then we would, you know, have all these stupid puns like, "Oh, I'm so glad." And I, I would just Google pictures of TMI, Three Mile Island, and be like, "Look at all the fun we had." This is a view from the hotel we stayed at, you know. And we'd be like, "Whoa, uh, this is so yeah. elaborate." Yeah. And and then it would get silly. We'd be like, "Oh, some of the comics at, at uh, Three Mile Island, they were toxic." Oh, and God. then we, uh, oh, you get yeah. so happy when yeah, we make so that happy. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we, uh, and then everyone had a blast. I'm everyone had a blast. He it, wants like, to like make plant. us cringe. We're, it's yeah. like we're watering a plant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time you say something, we're like, oh God, you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everyone had a blast. Of course, you have to say oh, that. Oh one. my God. Uh, and then we performed for a lot of nuclear families that showed up. <laughs> And a lot of the comics, though, were new. They were pretty green, but still. Oh. And we would just go on and on. You know. You know, i got to tell you, I know why you and Meryl are friends. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. obsessed with this. We, Aren't these great? Bob and I will like hijack Facebook conversations, mm. too, where like someone will post something and we'll like pun them to death until finally they you gotta, message me and please say something. You got to. Like, you have to just, yeah. You um, have to, like a pun. I want to really, really quick. Uh, yes? I know, before I have to get this in, because yeah, okay. when we were talking sure, about... Sure. Um, not Jocelyn Balls. No, no, no. When we were talking about uh, like fake social media and just, you know, presenting it one way when the reality is the other way. When I was doing radio, I had a, a LA comic friend that 
asked if I could send him a photo of like the um, the microphone with like the jacket basically you know saying the call letters of, of the station and ah. send it to him to make it seem like he was doing morning radio and so he so I sent him a picture of kind of like the perspective of someone that would be on like our guest chair basically and then within minutes he had posted on his Instagram saying like thanks so much for having me San Diego <laughs> and it was so like sad but what? funny of the comments he got people being like blessed like this is you know god works in wonderful ways and like i i'm almost uh, like that's so embarrassing and sad to see people's reactions to that of like finally you've made it i'm like oh god like i would be so depressed Wait, who did this i can't tell you know who he is i'll tell you afterwards yeah. but i don't, I don't want to out oh. him too much because he's nice and he's really sweet and nice but i guess like do that's like almost him? that's the culture though yeah you do, do i do like it him? is the culture yeah it is the culture and it is like the fake it till you make it because then some person may see him and say oh yeah. this, he, we had him on i think radio that's disgusting i know and it's I also that's more than even the deceit i would i just feel so bad like duping people and having them be like god works in wonderful ways <laughs> it's like god what works kind because of, I, yeah what, what yeah no, yeah no, yeah okay, no no <laughs> no my friend meryl works in wonderful ways <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Oh, i don't like that 9/11. that makes me feel i kind icky. of like that but I'm um, a fake person. there's a part of you that is so interesting to me because you are a comic and you've been doing that and you've committed to that but then you're also a pro wrestler. Uh, I'm retired, long retired. Oh, long but retired. there's something here I want to yeah. know. What the fuck is this? This is real too, right? You yeah. are yeah, a pro wrestler. Yeah, I was a, a real, uh, a real not real fighter. Um, uh, trained wait, by. Wait, were all your matches on uh, TMI? Were they all on three mile? <laughs> no, no, no. These were very. These these happened in front of less people than saw TMI. <laughs> uh, now I was in a from 2000 to 2003. I was a, a trained a, by uh, for the wrestling fans, WWE Hall of Famer, off of the Wild Samoan, uh, more famous for being the Rock's uncle. And I only name drop. The only reason I name drop is because, uh, especially in the early 2000s, he would do that constantly. Uh-huh. I have a a a picture. I, my first day with him happened to be on my 20th birthday, coincidentally. And his wife thought that was cool. She says, hey, honey, how about, how about giving Bob a picture? So I stood up like Alpha's going to take a picture with me. And, he, and he, he signs a piece of paper of him and The Rock. And it literally <laughs> says, to Robert, happy birthday, Alpha, comma, The Rock's uncle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I, I have framed it because that's just the funniest damn thing. Who's The Rock's father then? Does the Rock uh, Rocky like Johnson. A fam- Is that a big famous wrestler? Person? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. But Rocky Johnson, his father... Uh, married the daughter of Samoan chief Peter Mayavia, and I think that's right, yes. Okay, and we'll take it wow. at face value. Afa and Sika, his brother, two Samoans, were adopted by Peter Mayavia, who was Damn. like a real Samoan chief. So uh, so anyway, I was trained by the Samoans uh, to, for pro wrestling, and, and I thought I retired, and I did a few years in San Diego from, you know, a few, later on as well. But yeah, I, I was always obsessed with that. I liked comedy, but I loved yeah. pro wrestling. And I honestly learned more about comedy from pro wrestling I than I did sure. comedy. I totally see yeah. that. Because there's, yeah. a, there's a, the show of it, right? Yeah. Well, there's uh, the, the biggest difference, of course, you got to get out of the way, is the physical stuff. I mean, you can... And I think that's why so many people do comedy for way too long, because you can stand on a stage till you're 88 and tell, and with a microphone, but with wrestling, your body will eventually quit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With comedy, no one really quits for you. Uh, so, uh, except when COVID in New York, and I'm trailing way off here, that was kind of an experiment because that was the first time the environment quit comedy for us. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big, like weeding out or Thanos snapping for the the Marvel fans of like, oh, 
the look who's gone because so many people had no choice but to move back home right or just decided they liked not going out to do comedy anymore so there was uh there was that too but wrestling doesn't do that wrestling uh will tell you in your your 30s at least like hey okay if it didn't happen yet guess what you have to stop um, <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna walk there were some people learn the hard way but i was trained by the samoans i was 185 pounds at the time uh, and yeah i got my ass kicked I got brutalized. Uh, those rings were hard. They had they boards and metal, and I Ooh. just got big dudes. It was a big man's company, too. It was all these dudes who were 6'5 and 300 pounds or just booting you in the face and dropping you on your head and doing all this stuff, and uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it at 41. You can guarantee mm. that, and I think that's another thing with New York. It was just you're walking everywhere. My knees are shot. My right hip is not so good. My neck doesn't turn all the way to the right. Parking sucks. When I parallel park, I, I it does. When I parallel park, I actually have to hang like because I can't turn my neck so good on the left either. So uh, I have to like hang out of the car like a oh. golden retriever. It's just. And I can imagine that in New York, just like a, a random yeah. man sticking their head out and be like, "Get yeah. the fuck back in." Like, I didn't drive in New York. Say, Who's driving true. in New York? Yeah, yeah See, I didn't. That's drive. my version of New York that I'd have to be like. <laughs> yeah. I don't the subway. I don't know her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one's right. driving in New York. Ugh, Good please. luck, man. Well, someone is. I mean, I mean, they're not parking in New York, but they're driving. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was a, I was a pro wrestler. Just something I always loved as a kid. I, I love all the theatrics. But the big similarity is with that in comedy, you're playing one character all the time, and you have one take, and that's the big one. Mm. One take. So whether you have people on all four sides of you, or one side of you, two sides of you, either way, you have one take to get this right. You know how you're starting it. You know how you're ending it. You know how much time you have. Uh, and if as time goes on, you're going to be better at adjusting what you're doing to the reaction you're listening as you're performing. Of course, in comedy, you're not jumping around and getting beat up at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's very silly. Like you hurt your back, but you have to act like your leg is hurt. So it's not like you're not hurt. You're just, you know what I mean? And then a, then a nine-year-old flips you off and calls you a homo. And you're like, what is this? Like, Why am I doing this? But yeah, that's, that's a very strange thing. Yeah, you like land on your head. Your neck is killing you. And I have to pretend my arm is hurt. Did you okay. have like a, sp- a special wrestling name? I had a bunch, um, but the best was just being Bob towards the end of it. I was just Bob. When I wrestled in San Diego. You were just Bob? Yeah, towards the end, I was Bob. <laughs> it was great. It's a great character. <laughs> just Bob. Welcome, Bob. That's Bob. And now, it's like the Python, dude. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Let's get her. It's Bob. <laughs> That's exactly pretty much how I told the guy to say it, yeah. Wow. Because, well, again, it's the same principle. It was like you're all these made-up fake indie wrestling names. Everyone's a Shane or uh, Trent, mm-hmm. or they have last names, like everyone's last name is Storm or something stupid. Yeah. Like no one remembers any of this. Yeah. But if one of the, if one guy out of those 20 that you see is named Bob, you're going to remember that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Same exact principle. All this shit works the same. <laughs> I love that so much. But yeah. In this world of like, Jake the Thunder yeah. Storm. Yeah, you know, yeah, all like, that all shit. Other, it's like, yeah. Bob. <laughs> yeah, you're going to remember that. Uh, you're absolutely and right. And I'm the one guy, if you've heard, if you're going into a show and you've seen comedy or wrestling, if you if you know no one on the lineup, either way, you're going to remember the one guy. Did you ever, Bob. like, come up with a story of Bob? Like, what's, what's, what's Bob's WWE think, story? You're in the ring. Uh, oh, and WWE is yeah. not really... Um, I was part, I was, had this fun, when I was in San Diego, I was part of the Thrash family. So this guy, Ron, Ronnie Thrash, who I should really give a call to, um, he, uh, he was already wrestling and he was this, he's this big, you know, 300 pound oh dude. God. 
you know, red beard, red hair kind of, and he was Rotten Ronnie Thrash, and his legal name was Ronald Thrash, <laughs> which is amazing. Ronald Thrash. He, his, yeah, his actual last name happened to be Thrash. Whoa. And everyone called him Matt. That was his middle name, but uh, actually, we know we called him Thrash, but... But yeah, his name is Ron. And so what, what, you're born to be a pro wrestler if you're, yeah. you're born Ronald the Thrash into this world. So he's Rotten Ronnie Thrash, and he's just such an old school bad guy. They don't call me Rotten for nothing. And he was the greatest. But I'm wrestling this company. Another uh, comedian you may know, Zoltan, mm-hmm. dragged me into, in 2008, said, hey, you ever think about wrestling again? I said, no, I'm not doing this. He says, hey, I found this company, a uh, little local thing in San Diego. They got a show at a YMCA. They said if we can, you know, because we'd have bring people, mostly Zoltan's friends, but I had a, a nice handful too. Hey, we can wrestle. And I made this agreement finally. I said, okay, if I can train you myself, because I don't trust, I don't know these guys, I don't trust them. They were, they were good guys, but I didn't know them. If I can train you myself, I'll, I'll do it and we'll do one match. Just I, you versus him. Just me versus you him. You guys can. It's understand. a gimmick thing. Two comedians yeah. in the middle of a bunch of wrestlers, and just, just <laughs> yeah, so he can I know have a match. He's really big into to wrestling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we'd known each other for a couple of years at that point, anyway, uh, from comedy. So, big wrestling fan. So I said, okay. My thinking was, no way are they going to agree to this. They're not going to let someone they don't know, even if he says he was trained by Alpha. They're not going to let someone they don't know train someone they don't know in their ring for a couple of months because <laughs> no one's that irresponsible. So they right. let it happen. <laughs> So, uh, which, which backfired because I didn't want to do the match because I'm going to get hurt. I'm banged up. I'm retired. So the deal was, the plan was I was going to do the one match and Zoltan would, would wrestle for them for like a couple of years. Oh Zoltan God. did one match and I wrestled there for a couple of years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm did you hold back on him in the match? Like, no. No. Uh, you should ask him next time you see him. I will. About, about that match. Tell and, us. Uh, tell us in. though. Uh, we're chopping each other. That's when you slap someone in the chest like yeah. real hard Ooh. and that's fine. Uh, so uh, the plan was, and I'm the bad guy, so he has to get the last one. So I said, okay, we'll just do two or three back and forth. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm wailing. And uh, every time I hit him, that means he has to hit He has to get the last one. So instead of the two or three, what do you think I do? You just keep going. I think we went to nine. <gasps> like it was just back. And, uh, and, and then as I'm talking to him, as I'm telling him, actually, hit me now. Like I hit him. I mean, come on, come on, come on, come on. You're talking to him during a match because I had to call the whole Obviously, I'm going to call the whole thing. I know the way this goes. And we're both just trying to not be exhausted, too, as, as we're doing this and, and safely beat each other up. Uh, and I gave him I gave him the win, of course. He's the smaller guy. He's the good guy. He's, he, more friends came to see him. I was under the impression that I, uh, that I was never wrestling again and that he was going to keep on wrestling. Yeah. So he should get the win because why would you beat someone and then keep him around? <laughs> and then he takes off. And now, and that's how I said, hey... They, we don't know what the, the guys running the company are like, we don't know what to do with you, but we want to keep you around. I said, well, Thrash needs a family. And Bruising Bobby Thrash was born to become Bruising Bobby, Bruise and Bobby Thrash. Thrash, which just became Bobby Thrash over time. And uh, that's part of the Thrash family. That's oh my so gosh. much fun. So, so much interesting. Fun. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll save this for like when we have yeah. you on down the road. But I also know that you like play with G.I. Joe's. And yeah, it, I love G.I. Joe's. Specific, he, he has this like, fan base in ireland of like six men <laughs> that's, with that's G- a little generous of a fan fan base is generous but of six men in ireland what do you I got like play with gi joe what, what, so i make um explain that not like meryl just yeah did. yeah yeah exactly this is how she this is how she explained your cripple con <laughs> yeah I, I, like, I know i know but it, I oh, he's, to, like, a, he's a grown man that plays with toys here we go yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but like, what is it really what is your moms i'm like you guys do something so during the the pandemic uh i would or i'd gotten so bored 
and I thought, I just want to watch old G.I. Joe and, and He-Man cartoons yeah. and Transformers. I love it. But I'd already been into Transformers for a long time, but I, but I was always a little lax on Joe and He-Man. So I just want to, let me just catch up. And somehow that led to YouTube videos. I was just watching YouTube videos on these G.I. Joe toys. And I just thought these guys were just nice guys. So you just, you leave comments and then comments turn to emails and emails turns to you're part of a, a Patreon group now or a Patreon <laughs> tribe. And then I, I'm buying a couple of things because I'm bored, but I'm still getting paid. So it's not like I'm blowing money because I'm not going out every night buying that, that expensive venue beer mm-hmm. out of courtesy. So really the one little G.I. Joe action figure a week is still le- way less than half of what I'd be spending if I was just hanging out. Right doing comedy so i'm not blowing money or anything you lose space but but that's a different story but so over to over a couple of years i said this pandemic is when i really got heavy into it i bought like a couple of things the year before like five little guys and kind of bullshitted email shoot to shit a little bit and these are all because gi joe it's not still being made is it not really what's what they're doing is that was what i was huge into as a kid gi joe and he-man those are the ones that i collected the most Uh, that's what i'm collecting right now yeah totally i had the hydrofoil do you know that that yeah the the maroon boat yeah i had the 1985 uh, yeah the cobra command center with the the it was like this Circular. Oh, the terror drone. Yes, Dude, that's so amazing. I had that, and that was the. You don't. Biggest. You don't still have that, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Really? I do. It's, it's not here. Is no, it? it's back in Ohio. I was gonna say, Jesus back Christ, in Ohio I where I grew see up. That. It's awesome, and you yeah, pull the awesome. lever, and the jet comes out. Yeah, of the, the fire bat. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, fire bat. I didn't even know that. Was I, I know all the stuff. Yet. Listen, I was <laughs> heavy into this, and that was the toy of my Christmas. Like that's, when yeah. that that box was enormous. It was probably three foot by three foot. Had to be square. Had to be. And, and and you open as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's it! I know it." My <laughs> grandma got it for me. I was it was like oh, amazing. You could there was no better gift than that year. The, 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 no, the, the, the yeah. Then the big that's a great thing about being an '80s kid too is the big playset of a GI Joe or He Man was mm-hmm. always the big Christmas or birthday mm-hmm. gift, and you you knew what stuff shit was going down. What was the um? What was the He Man? Sorry, I'm gonna. No, I love this. What was the He Man? I'm just gonna uh, check my phone really quick. It was yeah. the set. Um, it wasn't Castle Grayskull, but it right. was. It may have been Skeletors, but I also think it could have been something different. It had this rubber puppet snake. Oh, uh, yes. I know what that is. That is uh, that is the Fright Zone, which was actually run by Hordak, who is Skeletor's mentor. Hordak. That's yes. right. Yes. That's right. Okay. So I had that too. So I, I think a birthday, I was lucky enough to, to, to get that as well. It was a bit smaller than Grayskull, but it, yeah. it had so many cool things to do yes. on it. There's a trap door. And I it, remember that yeah, rubber, it it, you know, at the Monster time, glove, yeah. It had this puppet. It was like thick rubber and yeah. it, it was a snake and it was the same thing that like do you remember like when pizza hut had like uh, land before time rubber puppets no oh man those were pff, those must have tasted terrible yeah <laughs> they weren't yeah no they were not they delicious. Uh, okay so anyway okay. so you, you start collecting gi joe's right. i'm sorry we got so that's okay track. so what happens is on part of this thing now there's no way i'm ever going to catch up nor would i try to or want to with these guys' collections, because they've been going at this hardcore, like I've been going at comedy or wrestling sure, sure. their whole lives. And there's no way I'm ever, I don't have their knowledge, their collections, their any of that. And the, a lot of these guys, too, they're my age or a few years older, but they have like houses, you know, and like in sure. their house, they have like one little room that's like for them. And I don't have any of that. I was, you know, these little studio apartments I've always lived in, that kind of stuff. But I figured, okay, what can I contribute to the group? Because I have time. Sure. And I always like stop motion. So, for I guess now for a year and a half, I, you guys are gonna like be best friends. I can wait, see those faces. wait, wait like, a yeah. minute! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said the word stop motion and toys. Yeah. What did you do? I've been making my own GI Joe episodes. <laughs> what? Yeah, 
Now, I don't do uh, any voices. I do comic book balloons okay. and bubbles. But, uh, it's video with, with, with comic book yeah, bubbles. Yeah, so there's, 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 there's some stop motion. There's some video. Um, and there's, comic, there's a combination of these three. The talk bubbles, the stop motion, and the video. Mm-hmm. The live video whenever I can. And um, I've been making G.I. Joe episodes ever since. How so, many G.I. Joes uh, so, do you have? Uh, under 60. Okay. I mean, they're not. And the, 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 new, the ones they've been making, see, I don't collect the original uh, ones from the 80s or the O-rings as they're called. Mm. Since, in around 07 to 09, they started making these 25th anniversary ones that are actually four inches instead of three and three and three quarter inches. They're a little taller. You can't tell at first glance, but you put them together, you can see it. And in the last year or so, they started this other thing called the retro line, which is the same thing. So basically, they're four-inch G.I. Joes who look a lot like your G.I. Joes ah. with just a little more, the faces you can are better, a little more articulation, of course, and they're a little newer, so they're not as beat up and everything else. And, and they all have figure stands, which is essential. Yeah. Um, and the Especially camera... for what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And the camera has um, can focus on their faces a way easier because there's a little more detail in the face now in a even a 2000 even a 2007 figure compared to an 83 figure there's going to be just way more a little yeah. detail you can look at it and have more fun so with that. are these comedy films or are they just like no episodic? they're episodes with enough comedy in it so that a 40 year old can can chuckle yeah like for like for no reason i have one guy delivering a fairly serious line on paper but he's got his back to the camera and his hands our position like he's taking a leak and i got like cheap uh like fish tank um like shrubbery and stuff and yeah i have things of cardboard like little mini things of cardboard I how make much it. how many hours a week or a month do you spend on this sort of thing in a week uh, uh so it is a week i was trying to be nice to you no yeah, yeah no, it's not <laughs> you're like uh, in a day uh, i don't know six seven hours a week wow yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's going to die down because, again, for the last six months, mm-hmm. we've had nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, usually, like, on my Friday and Saturday, I was doing that. But right. last Saturday, I had two shows in Escondido. Mm. This Friday, I got Carlsbad. This Saturday, I got Vista. And mm-hmm. these are all chunks of San Diego. I apologize. Northern San Diego places. So, my point is, my nights are not quite as open. Right. So, instead of one a month that I was banging out because they're like 20 minute episodes, yeah. um, it'll probably be like one every six weeks or eight weeks. You know, one of my favorite things from the internet, early internet, I say early, but like, you remember E Bombs World, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. They had those sure. uh, G.I. Joe PSA, yeah. the, the Fensler film. Do you remember those? Yeah. Those still today hold up as some of the funniest things. And it's just, again, so something odd. very similar to what you're doing, which is like somebody liked this thing. They made a weird thing out of it. Yeah. And it, I'm sure it made them no money. No. Okay. And then it's just like it's lived in my world. Yeah. Like, this is so hilarious. <laughs> they changed all the wording yeah. to those uh, public service announcements, which in the 80s, the cartoons had to have. Because there was violence in these cartoons, oh. and so the whatever the organization yeah. was like family organization right. said like there has to be some sort of good message. So then you've got like GI Joe after they blow up all these people and, and are killing people right. and it's armies. They go, hey kids, don't play with fire. Now you know, and it's like right. GI Joe. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, I kind of and so somebody some took of all of those and did redid the audio to just be absolutely insane, and so they're really funny now. And so sure. it I, was perfect because they took. Let's say you were, just for easy math, I was born in 80, so we'll just use the easy math. So if you were 5 and 85 at one of the highest G.I. Joe popularity years, in the early 2000s, you're going to be in your early 20s. 
and they made it so that someone in their early 20s is going to remember this but think it's it's freaking hilarious mm -hmm. the same way now i'm you know I, I don't really have their notoriety or success with that but I'm making things, and I'm not the only one making these G.I. Joe episodes. There's, a, there's an amazing group called G.I. Joeberg in uh, uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, Whoa. who does this way better than I ever could. And they, they have a team and voices and giant collections. Wow. They've dedicated their lives to G.I. Joe, and they're actually a little younger than me. Uh, and I kind of just took their idea and put a spin on it. And, and I know them, uh, you know, friend, we're friendly, so they don't, they don't care that it, I'm sort of doing their thing. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of me doing that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't care. But, but, room. but now I'm, yeah, there's totally, the, the, <laughs> there's plenty of room. So now I'm, we're making stuff so that a roughly a 40 year old would also enjoy it. So a lot of it is not as edgy or, you know, or goofy or crass as an early twenties guy. A lot of it actually looks more like closer to what the cartoon would look like with just a bit of a bit of an adult not even humor but an adult wink wink like because uh -huh. a lot of these guys just watch them with their kids too you got to keep in mind yeah so there's more of a subtle like get it nudge nudge if you're six you're not getting it but if you're 40 you're totally getting it yeah and it's very cool to do it that way i, I think I that's think more fun this is so interesting because like i can totally imagine like after all, talking about everything that you've done and everything yeah. you're doing it's like wouldn't it be funny if like you moved to New York to be a comic. You did that. Yeah. You also were a pro wrestler and you, you retired from that. Yeah. The thing that makes you famous will be these G.I. Joe. <laughs> I hope so. Right? It, wouldn't that be shit. crazy how yeah. our lives put us in these, you know, yeah. these positions? I had no problem with that. I mean, it's all, you're all just, you're just, trying, trying, you're just trying to get people to fall in love with you on the internet and everything yeah. you do. Um, it was weird how that was born, but doesn't bother me at all. I call them the uh, the Sun Sunbow was the the car the company that made the GI Joe and Transformers. So we so someone else uh, gave me gave it the name a uh, Sun Bob. So I just started calling them Sun Bob Productions, and uh, just because <laughs> because no one really knows a GI Joe fan immediately knows what that is. Like one the, those guys those hardcores that I'm yeah. looking to get, they immediately they see any version of, that looks like Sun Bow and they get it right away. Mm. Like oh I get it Sun Bob he's Bob we get. It. Um, That's so I love this stuff. With all these things, there had to be some shit show moments in your life. And I want to hear about at least one or two. Okay. Uh, let's see what we can do here. Yes, it's July 2002. <laughs> You're like, it was 1980. I can totally <laughs> do this. This is, this is a good one. Uh, July 2002, Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Oh my which, gosh, wait. How did you know this? I was there. You were born in Hazleton? No. How did I know it was Hazleton? What, what makes you bring up Hazleton? Because that's where the thing happened. He's telling the story. Okay. That's weird because Ooh. the past couple oh. of times we've, because you haven't listened to our show, but we've Not brought up Hazleton on. has been a subject for like the past two weeks because. Really? How? Um, <sighs> and my parents, are, I'm, from, I'm from there. That's where I grew You're up. You're from Hazleton? Yeah. West Diamond Street, baby. Holy and, shit. And I told the story about Jack Palance and how my grandpa became friends with, we owned a, a furniture store called Climo Furniture in Hazleton. Hazleton oh God. Pennsylvania. My, my grandparents still live there. That's where my dad grew up and that's where I grew you know, you from how, I don't know. Hazleton is such a depressed, sad area. Oh my god! I've never heard anyone. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard anyone even like say the word Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I've never heard anyone recognize Hazleton, Pennsylvania when I brought it up. Yeah. After all this time, okay, you're from Hazleton. I can't wait to hear what it goes to. But yeah, that's okay. Really, like, this my, is gonna be great when he just tells your story and he's like, because <laughs> yeah. you know, my my parents still live in like Scranton, Pennsylvania, and that's where. Oh I'm yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ mm -hmm. Almighty! Um, well, we're at the American Legion Hall on West uh, Broadway, oh, three twenty-four West Broadway. Uh, and Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And Hazleton, if you don't know, for us, uh, on our little block, I can't the wrestlers, uh, I can't believe it either to this day, the wrestlers kind of ran the place uh, in a weird little way in our area of it uh, just because 
what else was going on there? It was us, a movie theater, and a Taco Bell, and and some bar named Shenanigans, and that was it, and that's what you did. So um, I didn't live. I'd lived there for six months shortly after there, but that didn't go well. Uh, but anyway, July two thousand two. I just uh, maybe June. I just graduated college. Um, it couldn't have been a week out of graduating college, and here I am. I'm now I'm in the world. All this good stuff. And we are on this show. Can't be more than 30 people there. I doubt there's 30 people there in this American Legion Hall. And we are told that uh, myself and a guy named Kevin the Behemoth. (laughs) Kevin the Behemoth is 170 pounds. It was irony. Uh, (laughs) uh, We are told that we are going to wrestle a handicap match, which is not politically correct. Now I call it a differently disabled adults match or differently abled adults match. That's not true. No one calls it that. Except me. (laughs) We're wrestling a handicap match. It's two on one. And the two of us are going to wrestle a then 42-year-old woman named Lena, Luna Vachon. Now, Luna Vachon, for wrestling fans, uh, was pretty famous. She comes from the famous Vachon wrestling family. She was in several WrestleManias only a few years earlier. She was on Monday Night Raw regularly. Uh, so she's a name. She's a big name. And we are, we're 22. She's 42. And at the time, and I hate to say this now because I'm 41, but 20, at the time, 22, 42 to us was a dinosaur. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, we have every, we're 22. We have every right to feel that way at the time. And uh, we are told, okay, it's the two of you versus this this middle-aged woman, I guess, or this old woman. And, and uh, we're in the, the room, and I'm going to name drop here for wrestling fans, but it makes it more fun for my hope. We're in Office's office, and Office says, do you guys have a tag team name? And I said we were going to be the Jive Turkeys. I didn't know that was kind of racist yet. We were just idiots because we didn't do a lot of research. I just oh heard God. the name on something, right? Yeah. I just heard on some movie. Because it's 2002, right? So, like, I mean, yes, the internet's alive and well, but, but how much before, research... Like, everything was offensive, too. Right, and, and, how much, yeah. and how much research do you think us idiots were doing? Yeah, like, yeah. There's, we have no life so, experience. So right. Jive turkeys. Right, I just thought it was a silly name. Both white. Oh, yeah, very okay. much so. Um, at the time, we were white. Still are, I guess. And <laughs> so, the Sandman, who was a popular wrestler uh, from the 90s, uh, had a, had a, a big kendo stick cane he would beat people with and he showed up he would always show up uh, to the ring very drunk uh, he was famous for that uh he stuck his head and he goes jive turkeys i think i just had an acid flashback and then he walks away and that'll be fun for any sandman or wrestling fans who know who that is <laughs> but anyway we're told the jive turkeys are wrestling luna vachon uh it's two on one and uh we were told privately by one of the wrestlers luna this is her first match in a couple of years uh, we think she's on some substances, oh my God. and you should know she practices black magic for real <gasps> in in real life, right? And I said, well, that's interesting. So I met her husband Dave at the time, and he was a great guy. Her husband Dave or Gangrel for the, the Attitude Era wrestling fans. Uh, he was a vampire gimmick type of guy, wonderfully sweet guy. He showed me the the food coloring blood trick. Sorry to give that away that he would do, and he was really sweet. Uh, but he's going to be watching as well, and he was. You know, it was just as famous wrestler as she was at the time. He's going to be up in the balcony. He, he wrestled somebody else, I'm sure. And uh, we were just told, okay, go talk to Luna. So we got to go talk to Luna. And Luna has this raspy, throaty voice on TV. And it was just her real voice in real life. And she's um, she's 42. She's got a blonde mohawk. She's got, like, veins painted across her face and a giant implants and leather and metal hanging off of her everywhere. She's a character, a sight, oh, a like like two-inch-long fingernails. Uh-huh. That's important for the story. Or like inch and a half, whatever. She had really long fingernails. 
And she says, uh, you know, I once said, I said I could take a, a big backdrop for you. And she goes, nah, that's not good for my knees. Just, just listen. We'll, we'll, uh, something was going to happen. Some other, another female referee was going to run in and punch us in the balls. Oh. And they were both going to give us a DDT on our, I don't really remember what the hell the plan finish was. It never happened. And that's why I don't remember it. So the Jive Turkeys go out, dance around like idiots. <laughs> Luna Vachon comes out. And people are surprised. They didn't recognize this. There was going to be a name on this show. Okay, so we go to do this spot. Ken, Kendall, we, his name was Kendall, but we call him Kevin of Behemoth. Uh, we go to clothesline, stick our arms out, and clothesline Luna Vachon, and she ducks. And the spot was, I'm going to try to kick Luna. She's going to catch my foot. Mm. And with my other foot, I'm going to try to kick her in the head, but she'll duck and kick Kevin the Behemoth. Oh and it worked. This actually, this happened. And, and the idea is that I, the idea is I accidentally kick my partner and we're goofballs. So you hold out your hands. Oh my God, what a dumbass I am. What did I do? And you turn around and Luna hits you, hits him, hits you, hits him back right. forth, back forth. That's so forth. calculated. Like for that to go well, yeah. that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, it's very classic pro wrestling. Yeah, it's so like, okay, yeah. it's like bump yeah. and feed, they call it. Like, oh, okay, we all do the thing. Uh, so I turn around and I'm waiting for her to give me clotheslines or punches or whatever it was. And she just stares at me. And I, I mean, to this day, I think she blanked. I knew I'm, I'm, I'm just, you're just supposed to hit me. I have nothing to do anymore. <laughs> I kick my partner by accident. Then I get my ass kicked. Like I'm my, my, my mental part of my physical part is the last year. My mental part is out of this. So she just blanks and she just goes, son of a bitch. And all of a sudden the fingernails, they're in my eyes. They're in my mouth. They're in up my <laughs> nose. You know how, you know, how like a cartoon will get his face slammed on a barbecue grill and yeah. like he comes up and it's like a big hashtag like on his face. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I looked like probably at the time. And then she does the same to, to Kevin. What the and we go to have this terrible, terrible match. And she's getting frustrated. And it's time to go home or finish the match, as they say. So I have her in the corner and I uh, in the turnbuckle. And I go to whip her out. You know, you pull her by the arm, shoot her out. And she won't go. And she's not talking to me. She's just snarling. She's staying in gimmick, staying character. She's snarling. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I realize, oh, what a dumbass I am, because I'm very inexperienced at this. She needs a reason for me to shoot her out of the corner. She's not gonna, just going to run out of the corner cold. I have to hit her. Oh, so, sure. okay. So, but, I mean, that's it's wrestling. So uh, I club her in the, back, the upper back, like really light, and go to shoot her out, and she still won't go. She's grabbing onto that rope. She won't move for me. Just uh, She won't tell me what, what what's wrong. And then I then I remember this is old school, this is an old school pro wrestler. In 2002, Hazelton might as well be 1979 anywhere else. <laughs> so I'm thinking old school wrestling, like oh duh, I didn't hit her hard enough. It's an insult for an old, with an older wrestler, especially to, if you don't hit them hard enough and then try to move them around, they shouldn't be selling for you. Like you're making it look bad. It's uh, an insult to actually hit her too light because mm. she's like, why would I run for you now if you're just gonna hit? So I I did a half, and this is a perfect like. Like little pigs, like set, like third times a charm, like rule of three. Uh-huh. I hit her half, and I'm like, okay, that's good enough. No, she's not gonna go because she's a thing. Is she's a star and a woman twice my age. So I'm tr- I'm trying to find the right level of yeah. what the, what is the right thing to do here. But I have the show to worry about and Alpha and everything. I'm like, I I don't know what to do, and she won't move again. I'm like, well, she wants me to hit her. That's hard and. I hit her in the upper, and again, the upper back where it's safe to hit someone hard. Uh, upper back, I just give her a club with a forearm, and then she just goes, you son of a bitch. And again, with the the, the eyes, the fingernails and the eyes, oh the nose, God. the mouth, just claw and claw and claw. And so I did the dumbest thing I could do. I swatted her away, and I, I turned around, and now she's riding me piggyback. 
and she's she's choking me. And I feel something dripping down my back. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Did she spit on me? Did she throw up? What the hell? What's dripping down my back? And then I, I, I go down, you know, and really, I mean, I don't really remember if she's choking me out for real or I just let her down, but she's choking me and I hear her in my, in my ear, in my left ear. I remember she goes, tap, tap or I'll fucking kill you is what she says. So in a way that means a lot of things. She, she's, she's, it's not that she is a badass or was, she's dead now. She was a badass, uh, no doubt about it. But also I got her 300 pound vampire husband watching this. Yeah. So if one of them's not killing me, the other one is. So I looked at the referee and with my arm, my arm extended out far because I realized it's an audio medium here. My arms extended out far and I, and the referee was getting nervous. He's like, what are you doing? I said, look, I'm tapping and I'm purposely extending my arm out so everyone in the building can see because I know this ref is nervous because he knows it's not the finish. I know he's nervous <laughs> yeah. about what the hell is going on and he doesn't care what the hell is happening to me, but, but I'm, I'm screwing him. I, I need to give him no choice but to ring the bell because I'm making sure everyone sees this deliberate tapping out. And he's like, son of a bitch. He rang the bell. I rolled out. Kevin Abahima says, you're bleeding. I said, what do you mean I'm bleeding? He goes, you're, you got blood going down your back. She bit a, she bit a piece of skin off me and, <gasps> and I think ate the skin. Oh. So, so Luna Vashon ate me. Uh, <laughs> so I had to go to the hospital. I mean, cause, oh my um, make sure you got rabies or something. well, I got a tetanus and the thing cleaned up and everything else. Gross. But Maybe this they is, are real vampires. Well, this is how it ends. The next day we're at a Samoan picnic in Allentown. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. Because that naturally, where would you go yeah. uh, for right. your Samoan picnic? And they got the, the 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 roasted pig with the apple and a mouth and a whole gimmick, and it's a lot of fun. And um, and I'm drinking the adult beverages, you know, at the time, and uh, I have a beer bottle behind me, and this guy named Metal Maniac, who we called Metal Mullet, you can guess why. <laughs> uh, some just old timer. I wish I was famous, not really old wrestler. Oh, what you should have done was this, and the way you're working, I didn't really give a shit what he had to say. And I had it behind my my arm turned down, and I, one of the buddies came up because he knew what I was thinking, and he's like, hey, 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 I'm getting you away from mullet and the and the, and the glass because I know what you're thinking. So uh, that was a different cat in a day. But So Luna, uh, right by the watermelon, I don't know why I remember the watermelon, <laughs> Luna does the public apology wherever, because the boys, the wrestlers, that we call them the boys, the wrestlers are all surrounded around and uh, around, they're surrounded around us and she says, I just want you to know I'm so sorry, I just want to make the match good for Pops, blah, 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 Pops is Afa, I'm sorry, I just want to make the match good for Afa, and, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, I'm just so sorry about the whole thing and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay. And I knew, even at the time with my inexperience, this is, I know this is a public apology. I know what this is mm. because it's so carny the way it, it yeah. wrestling works. <laughs> like I already knew, I'm only two years in and I already know this gimmick and I shouldn't. Oh, God. And when no one else is around, I got no beer bottles. There's no Luna. There's no watermelon. There's probably watermelon. <laughs> Gangrel the vampire comes up to me. Uh, and it's only been a day. And this is the talk. This whole thing was the talk of... The, the, this was definitely the gossip of the weekend among the wrestling circle, easily. He says, hey, man, I saw the match. You and my wife, I saw what happened. Huh. I want you to know something. If you're ever wrestling my wife again, and that happens, I want you to punch my wife in the face as hard as you can. Oh. Because that was bullshit. <gasps> wow. <laughs> And that was, he probably doesn't really mean that. He was right. probably just being funny. No, he probably means it. He, he might have me. Well, she could take it. Jesus Christ. She was a, t- she's a tough old broad. Um, five years later, unfortunately, she had her demons, yeah. as they say. Five <laughs> years later, she, uh, I, I, you know, she, 
just uh, had some drug problems and mm. uh, and she's not alive. But uh, she died from some skin that she had. Injected, I think like, I think over the five years, yeah, that that, that gradually the, the the Bob poison kind of got into her. Wow, system poison. that's, that's such not a what good happened. One. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Okay, no. before we go out, please quickly promote your new podcast with yeah. mentioned friend Jesse Egan. Yes, yes. Uh, Jesse Egan and I are doing a podcast, which is still not officially a podcast. So far, it's a YouTube show right. <laughs> that that, uh, that I, I swear, I, I say this every week, I swear I'm going to get an actual audio podcast up. Uh, but yeah, we do the Beach Town Comedy Podcast. We had to add the word comedy because... Um, I don't know, something else is called Beachtown. But Beachtown Comedy Podcast, it's, we call it the, the mental health podcast that actually cheers you up. How many times do you watch like a video like, here, seven signs, you might be depressed or anxious oh, or this, yeah, this, this. Yeah. And then they're talking in an NPR voice yeah. and they're, they're bored, they're bored. And, they're, they, and then they show a picture of a bunch of frowning cartoons. <laughs> and you're like, are you this dumb, sad motherfucker? What you sh-? No. Like, we're like, so we... We cover our grapes, as we call it, our, our, our six words, gentle with oneself, relaxation, accomplishment, pleasure, exercise, social. I think that's, I think that's right. Oh, I love that. So we go through those, and we spend more than half the episode doing our progress on those and trying to be as entertaining as we possibly can and not up our own asses. Uh, then we do a word from a sponsor, which uh, Jesse, we, not the sponsor. No one sponsors us. We just a sponsor. Just a sponsor, yeah. <laughs> yes. We're yeah. A sponsor. Some of them are very fake. A lot of them are also Diet Dr. Pepper, which tastes just like regular Dr. Pepper. <laughs> what you want to do is go to Coca-Cola.com, put in a, a, a promo code BEACHTOWN, and nothing happens. It's a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you just go on YouTube, search down, search uh, Beach Town Comedy Podcast. You could find that. Uh, I have an actual wrestling podcast called Hardest Part of the Ring. You can find that as well. Cool. And the Sun Bob. If you find us uh, on YouTube, all my wrestling and, and my Sun Bob adventures are all free on YouTube. I don't even put a five second ad on there for you to skip. Wow. I don't even make you wait to. Fu- Neither does Beach Town, by the way. We're not going to contribute to your mental illness or mental problems by making you wait that five seconds and skip it. You just hit play and bam, you are there. We don't waste your time. You're better than us. We, we yeah. do like six minute ads yeah. or that we talk about Six to ten straight minutes of yeah. ads. Nothing but, like, we, again, yeah. we just want your money. That's all. Do you ever do Diet Dr. Pepper? No, we haven't yet, no. but we would. Let's you do could it right also, now. You could also do uh, Pepsi Blue, new Pepsi Blue. Ew. Pepsi it's, Blue. It's very refreshing. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay, that's a good one. Oh, my God. Look at that face. God, you get so excited when you do the worst jokes. I'm so happy. You are so, so like, happy. That's weird. Yeah, isn't it? You're crazy. <laughs> no, he's not creepy. He's wonderful. Thank You're you, awesome. Bob. Thanks, thank you, we Bob. Love you. I thank it. you. Love you guys. 9-11. <laughs>
Well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bob. (laughs) Be sure to listen to his podcast, Beach Town and the Wrestling Podcast. Go see him at all the places. Thanks again, Bob. Thanks for listening out there to you guys as well. And until next time, what do we say, Meryl? Be safe. Wear protection. (laughs) And don't drink too much coffee. That's not what we say. Okay. It doesn't matter. And then we always go, bye-bye. Bye-bye. But really, bye-bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Meryl on Instagram at campfireshitshow, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. Good night, kids. Sleep tight.